0: 是 <laughs> What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. We're recapping a huge weekend of college football action. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe. Shoot me an email at Big Ten Football, at G- Big Ten football Talk at gmail.com. Instagram, Twitter, Big Ten Football Talk is the handle. Make sure to look it up. And also, just want to give props to my dear friend, Christiana Otto. Who designed the new artwork, the new cover art for the podcast? I think it looks phenomenal. Uh, she did it just as a as a favor. She she just did it on her free time, and I'm like, this is so much better than what it used to be. So, uh, just really want to thank you, Christiana. I, I've thanked you in in private as well, but. Just very, very grateful for your work on that. Thank you for making it so much more tolerable to look at for the listeners and the fans. And hopefully you guys enjoy it too. I hope uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed some of the upgrades recently uh, between the music, which is uh, John Shimp, JD on the beat. Make sure to look him up as well as the artwork from Christiana Otto. We're going to get right into it. And I'm going to start actually with an email and a tweet. That was sent to me from Luke Erickson, who I'm assuming is an Illini fan. This is what he wrote. Uh, He he said, I think you're sleeping on this fighting Illini team. They have an excellent D-line and secondary full of NFL talent plus the nation's leading rusher. Don't let their recruiting rankings fool you. I think Witherspoon will be a first rounder. And Newton and Martin could be day two picks. Randolph and Brown have a chance to be drafted as well. Bielema has an ex- excellent coaching staff and put these guys in p- position to succeed. They're clearly the top team in the West, and I think they'll give Michigan a game in, Ar- in Ann Arbor. They'll be 10-2 and two when they meet your Buckeyes in Indianapolis. I'm not sure they're actually going to – I don't know if they'll make – if Ohio State will make it to Indianapolis at this point. But we'll, we'll get to that. That's a tough matchup for anyone this year. Also, just want to give a, a shout out because Luke is a fellow campus minister uh, with inner varsity. So I just praise God for you, thanks for, uh, for writing in and for your, your analysis and insight on the, the mid. Um, and also just I yeah, praise God for what you do with college students. Uh, it's awesome. So awesome. Uh, so thanks for writing in and uh, glad we can connect a little bit. Uh, I was wrong. As I've been wrong, uh, this this year has not been a good one for me in terms of picks. So, I uh, I, I gladly own up to my failure on this one. Um, on the midseason review, I said I thought Wisconsin would make the Big Ten title game over Illinois because I just I didn't like their their ending run. You know they have Michigan, and you know they they still have to play Purdue. That I think that's going to be a tough game. Um, even if they struggle a little bit down the stretch with, with Michigan and maybe lose another one, I, I don't, I don't see them. I I, I really agree. I think they're going to make the big 10 championship game now. And I thought Nebraska, it, it Nebraska is hard first of all, cause I'm like, how much have they actually improved and how much is it just that they play at least a little bit more competently? And I think the answer is under Mickey Joseph, they're a little bit more disciplined and they're a little bit more, you know, on top of things, but also they're still, they're still pretty bad. And yeah, like Illinois has just been great. And they, you know, I don't think Illinois played a great, like a fully great game and they still won by 19 points. So I, I, I agree. I think Illinois defensively is really, really good they're, they're a really good football team. I love Chase Brown. I think he's really good. I still I can't get over the the Indiana game, but the reality is that was early in the season. They've really gotten in a groove and and I I fully agree I, I think they do have there the they've they've overachieved the talent is much better and you know they get Michigan State at home, they get Purdue at home. I I I don't I don't think Michigan State's going to beat them this week. Um, that was my concern. I was like, maybe Michigan State. They're not very good, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. I think they can beat Purdue. Like I I actually I, I think you might be right on the ten and two prediction, and I, I think obviously they're not going to lose to Northwestern. Um, so I, I unless if things fall off the rails, I agree with you. I I was wrong. Um, they were dominant against Nebraska. And I think Bilama Bielema knows how to win the West and knows how to win this style. But he has done it... He's elevated the talent level um, and, and has really put his guys in position to succeed, which is, I think, something you're not seeing at a lot of other programs in the West right now. So, really, props to Illinois. I think the Nebraska game was more about Illinois than anything else. And... Brett Bielema, when he left Wisconsin, I thought there was a little bit of a drop off. Now that he's back in the Big Ten, he he might be the third best coach in the Big Ten, maybe the second best coach uh, if you consider talent and uh, what he's doing there. It, it's it's really really great what he's doing. Um, again, Luke, thank you for your, for your comment and yeah, keep them coming. Um, really grateful to connect with you. Really, really grateful to connect with, uh, with both fellow fans as well as, uh, people who, uh, are in my line of, of calling, which is, is just really neat. So thanks. Thanks brother. Appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to talk about Michigan state and I, I have been very high on Mel Tucker for a while. I'm not anymore. And and part of it is what happened after the Michigan game. Michigan State lost their composure at the end and forget suspensions. After watching the tape, watching the video of of what happened in the tunnel, the the Spartans assaulted multiple Michigan players. I, I don't care what side you're on. It's unacceptable. And not only that, but there's video evidence that it looked like Mel Tucker actually took a shot at a fan. That's – if I'm honest, that's a fireable offense. And a fireable offense with cause. I'm not calling for that. I'm not saying he should. I think there needs to be more of it. But I do think there needs to be an investigation. I do think there needs to be discipline that's handed out. And I think Mel Tucker's seat just went from comfortable to hot very quickly. Not for losing, because losing to Michigan, as as you know, as bad as it was, to lose to Michigan is is it's it's no bad big deal. It's not like losing to, to Minnesota, thirty four to seven. No offense to Minnesota, but it's it's not. You know they they hung tough in the first half. But but the reality is, this behavior is unacceptable. And there needs to be some level of accountability here. I don't know what that is, but the Spartans lost their composure, and they are not very good this year. And I think Mel Tucker has a lot to answer for in the coming days and weeks for this behavior. And... I yeah I just don't think and and spare me the they share a tunnel and spare me the well the Michigan player taunted them I don't want to hear it I get that emotions run high I get that and I think it was I I forget who I think it was Andrell Anthony like he should probably get disciplined too for for stoking some fires but I I don't care what he did to instigate it, that is, it's unacceptable. I mean, the one guy I think was, was flinging his helmet and like using his helmet as a weapon against another player. It's just unacceptable. And you can't do that. And I, it's very sad to me because I thought Michigan state had the right coach. And I thought this year would be, would be rough. But I thought after this year that maybe things would change this is not a good look for sparty and and you you guys have to do some soul searching right now i really think so uh, on the flip side michigan a lot of people were down on michigan after this game because they they only scored 29 against honestly a not very not very good michigan state team you know mccarthy in the passing game they weren't great but I'm just going to remind people, teams have styles. And Michigan's style is ground and pound and beat you to a bloody pulp. And honestly, I would say that in a lot of ways, Michigan and Illinois are pretty similar. I think Michigan has a few, uh, like, has, has much better depth. But I'm, I'm not so sure that Illinois doesn't make that a, a close game with their personnel and the way they play. And particularly with Brett Bielema knowing that style so super well. Now Michigan has, I think, the maybe the best offensive line in the country. So I but but I'll say this I I am most likely going to have Michigan number one in my power rankings this week. And I will have Michigan ahead of Ohio State in the top 10 this week. And and the reason why is because Michigan knows their identity and they are always in control. Like they were in control of this game the entire time. Short. They, you know, they only led, I think, 13 to 7 at half, you know, against a lesser opponent, what what have you. But they you know they they put the the clamps down on Michigan State's offense, which is not very hard to do, and then they just ran ran, 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 they didn't need to do much else, and so I look at the team and I'm like, this is yeah, like this is not a um it it wasn't a sexy win, but it was it was a dominant win, they still won by twenty two so I, I think it's a big, it was a, it was a good win. And, and listen, I've been on the gym. You know, people gave Jim Harbaugh a lot of crud for just the way he, the way he struggled the first several years. People forget what he brought this program from to what it is now. Like they are, per, and now they've become a perennial talking point in the playoff, in the playoff. And that is because it's Jim Harbaugh. And, I, you know, for years people are saying Michigan needs to get rid of Harbaugh. And I said, I, I think he's the right man for the job. And I think he is building something really, really good there. They're 8-0. They're, you know, they have two very tough games. But if they win those, they get to the Big Ten Championship game. And it's Illinois and Ohio State. Um, They get Rutgers, or they go to Rutgers. They play Nebraska at home. Those should be wins. They'll be 10-0 going into into Illinois. By the way, if Illinois beats both Purdue and uh, Michigan State, that might be a top 10 game. How crazy would that be if Illinois is ranked in the top 10 when they face Michigan on November 19th? That that would be crazy. Awesome. Again, love Brett Bielema. Love what he's doing. And I absolute fool for voting against him in the midseason. So yeah, Michigan looks great. Uh, Minnesota blanked Rutgers. And Minnesota got Tanner Morgan back. I thought it would be close if Tanner Morgan wasn't in. Tanner Morgan came back. Mo Ibrahim's a stud. There's not much about that other than I think Rutgers... I think you just see Rutgers' limitations offensively. They need to recruit better offense, better offensive talent. They probably need some more innovation offensively as well. You know, Gavin Wimsat, I think, is going to be really good in a year or two, but he just needs time in the system. He's an athlete, but he needs to learn how to read defenses. You know, so again, I think Rutgers, for them... With their limitations and what they lost and the division they're in, I think they're they're having a good season for them, but it's just not gonna be. It's it's not gonna be the same, as it has been. So, um. They they're they're just not on the same level as a lot of other teams, including teams in the West. So, but Rutgers, you know, they've they've played well. Um, for them, but you know, this past week, it was a rough, it was rough. Uh, Iowa beat up on Northwestern, which just makes me feel sad for Northwestern. Man, to, to give up 33 points to Iowa, that just feels, I don't know. I mean, Iowa had 398 yards on offense, it's like, that's like a minor miracle. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's a minor miracle. Um, Northwestern was not very good. You know, one turnover, 177 total yards. Ugh. Ugh. Um, it, it's a rough, it's been a rough season for Northwestern, and it doesn't get any easier as they they welcome Ohio State to town. So, you know, Iowa gets back to five hundred. I am curious to see how Iowa finishes up, how they finish up the year. They're four and four. They're at Purdue. They get Wisconsin at home, at Minnesota, and finish with Nebraska at home. Very curious to see if they can make it to bowl eligibility because that's not. It's you know, it's a it's kind of a crapshoot. Like Wisconsin, is good certain weeks, and they're not good certain weeks. Purdue is good certain weeks and is not good certain weeks. Minnesota has, has been – like all three of those teams have been hot and cold. And then, you know, Nebraska is Nebraska. But then if you if you don't have an offense, you know, sometimes it can be tough if your defense has a bad day. So very interesting, intrigued to see kind of how the Hawkeyes finish and, and how Wisconsin finishes and how Minnesota – like – all these teams are very intriguing to me. Um, Purdue is probably the one team that's really still in the thick of it in terms of the West race, if you look at the standings. Because Illinois is taking a commanding, commanding 4-1 lead uh, in the conference, and they hold tiebreakers against everybody except Purdue. So, you know, Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, Nebraska, all two and three – And Illinois has beaten all all, all four of those teams. And so really, I think the Purdue-Illinois game is probably going to be your de facto West championship game. And, you know, Purdue is on a bye. And, you know, Minnesota and Iowa and Wisconsin, like they're all going to beat each other up over the next few weeks. So, yeah, very intriguing in the West. I'm gonna finish with the the biggest game of the of the week, which was Ohio State at Penn State. Uh, I actually got to go to the game, which was really fun. I got to go with my mom and a friend. Uh, it was my mom's first time in Beaver Stadium, which was a real highlight uh, for her to to be there. And I'll, first of all, Penn State faithful, you guys you guys treat a bunch of Buckeye fans really well. So I want to thank you guys for that. I'll say this: I actually thought Penn State played pretty well. Um, they they certainly missed on a few opportunities, but I, I know you look at Clifford's stat line. The three picks is alarming. I I didn't think the picks were like that egregious. And honestly, you know, I was listening to college football nerds, and they were mentioning how Clifford was staring down his receivers. I I, I rewatched. A little bit. And I was like, I, I just, I don't know if he was staring down his receivers that much. The one uh, pick by Tui out was just, it was phenomenal. I mean, he just plucked it out of the air. It was a designed, uh, it was a designed screenplay. They were trying to get it out to Parker Washington. And Clifford looks left and then he looks right. And he throws it to where Parker Washington is going to be. Tuimoloau beat his guy, and he's just right there, and he makes the pick, and you know maybe you try to get some more air over it. But I didn't think it was a bad decision. Uh, it was, I mean, it was just a phenomenal play. I thought the the, the other Tuimoloau pick was is probably thrown too too much to the inside, but I I didn't think the picks were that egregious, and the first pick. You know it was deflected and uh, and then it was it was picked off by Zach Harrison. So I I didn't feel like the picks like no, nothing was like so egregious that it was like oh Clifford sucks. I thought Clifford played pretty well, and he he especially played well, kind of out of pocket, right? And th- that's what he's always done well. Is he he's do- he's really good at improvising, and that gave. Ohio State some heartburn, and that, that makes me think, if, you know, if Ohio State would get to the playoff and face Alabama or Hendon Hooker, I think that actually could be a real problem for them. So that's one thing. Uh, but I thought Penn State played well. I thought their defense played well. Their Their secondary, I thought, did a really good job on everybody besides Marvin Harrison. I thought Marvin Harrison kind of showed why he's wide receiver one right now. In in all of college football, because it didn't matter who you put on him, he was op- he was open even when he wasn't open. Like, he was just ridiculous. Ten catches, one hundred eighty five yards. But here's here's where the rubber meets the road, and this is why Ohio State's dropping for me. Their run game stinks. I mean, it's predictable. It's it, there's no variation right now whatsoever. And I don't know why they got away from certain running packages with different formations, but it is the most obvious thing in the world when they run the ball or when they throw those swing passes. And I mean, they, they probably ran about 10 or 12 either bubble screens or run plays that had zero or, or negative yardage. And you can't do that against good teams. And you certainly can't do that against Michigan. Like Ohio State's really, I, I know the final score was 44 31. Ohio State's really lucky that they had CJ Stroud, Marvin Harrison, and JT Tui, Tui Because without those three guys, Ohio State doesn't just get beat, they get blown out. Like Penn State, and I thought Penn State played their, their tails off. I think Penn State was underrated. But if Ohio State doesn't get some of this some of the run stuff fixed, they will struggle in the same ways that they struggled with Michigan last year because I thought Penn State ran the ball effectively when they ran it, and I thought Penn State defended the run really well, and those aren't Penn State's strengths. And so I think Ohio State is in a I think they're in a lot of trouble if they don't fix the run game. I thought the defense was—I don't want to say exposed—but I think we saw why the corners are a liability. Um, they had a couple of really young guys in there, and J.K. Johnson, um, and a few others. But I, honestly, it was a—it was a bad day for Ohio State in terms of where I think they can go. They—they've got a lot to work on if they really want to make it to. To the playoff and actually win it. Um, right now, if if you if if you if you made me pick, I, I'd pick Michigan to beat Ohio State this year. Right now, because while Ohio State has the explosion, nobody nobody can deny Ohio State's explosion. Like nobody can deny that, but they are not consistent enough, and and that's where. Michigan especially will kill you. Michigan is is I mean with Blake Quorum, Donovan Edwards, JJ McCarthy being able to run and that offensive line and then on the on the other side of the ball, Mozzie Smith, I mean if you don't get if you struggle with those things Michigan will keep I – mean, they will keep the ball. And, and, and that's one of the things. If you look at time of possession and number of plays, uh, Cleveland.com had this as a stat. Penn State ran 80 plays to Ohio State's 60. If you go back to Michigan-Penn State, Michigan held a massive time of possession uh, advantage over Penn State. I mean, it was massive. And that's why Penn State struggled – that's why they they fell apart in the second half. It's because they they ran a ton more plays. And so you if you look at you know, you look at how many plays, Penn State ran 51 plays to Michigan's 79. That was flipped with Ohio State Penn State. Penn State possessed the ball and if Ohio State wants to beat Michigan, they cannot let Michigan possess the ball like that and i'm not sure they can i'm not sure they can get them off the field. So that's that's my recap for the week. I i think it was a a enlightening week. Um i i'm really excited. I know it's not Big 10. Georgia Tennessee next week is going to be really really fun to watch. And we're going to i think we're finally going to see is Tennessee for real in the sense that they they are a complete team or do they have a really, really good offense with a bad defense? I think we're going to find that out next week. We've got, I think, some other some other good games next week as well. Uh, really, really looking forward to next week. Just so you know, just for a programming note, um, I will have a picks podcast and I will have a, a recap and then a, a following picks pod for week. I think is eleven. And then after that, I will be off for week 11 recap and week 12. I might do a week 12 recap video or podcast, but I will be on vacation with no internet access. and so I'll keep saying it because last last year people were like, "Where's your why didn't you drop a podcast because I was on vacation? and I'm gonna be on vacation again. So um, I'm not I'm not dropping a podcast while. Well uh i have well i would love to but i i actually just can't i won't have internet access which is great so um so that's that's my yeah those are my that's my those are my thoughts my recap thoughts make sure to tune in on thursday morning for my picks this has been the big 10 football talk podcast take care god bless